We have all at one time or another had a fear of failure. What if I try something and it doesn't work? What if I try something and I look like a fool? What if I try something and it's a big waste of time and money? We have another closely associated fear with fear of failure and that's fear of disappointing others. What if I screw up and disappoint my family? What if I embarrass or shame those closest to me, those who I care about the most? Then there's a fear that our life is without purpose or meaning, a fear of insignificance. What if I never amount to anything? What if I get to the end of my life and I look back and there was really nothing of substance there? What if I figure out, if I never figure out my purpose in life, what if I wasted it all? Then there's a fear of loneliness. I think this one is the one that many of us are even most afraid to ask. What if I am alone? What if people reject me? What if I am unloved? What if after it's all said and done, I didn't have any real relationships in my life. You know, the thing that ties all of these together is the first three words. What if I? And that is why I call this fear of self. Now, often we try, we don't think about being afraid of ourselves. I mean, we're going to act in our own best interest, right? But often we don't. And often the thing that keeps us from acting in our own best interest is, in, is fear. Fear that people have convinced us um, is an inevitable outcome. We have the fear of ourselves, or if you prefer the fear of failure, the fear of disappointing others, the fear of insignificance, the fear of loneliness. We have these fears because they're always with us. You know, I can avoid high places. And people who are afraid of public speaking can generally avoid public speaking. But when we have these fears that are within ourselves, there's no place we can avoid them. We escape and we practice many forms of escapism. But until we learn to uh, address these fears, then they're always going to be a part of us and our lives. So let's look at addressing fear of self with the acronym that we have been using throughout this series. First of all, we're going to face our fears with faith. Now, there are many places in the Bible that tells us we are not alone in these fears. The first one I'd like to share with you today is the story of Moses. Now, Moses' story is firmly grounded in fear of self. If you don't remember, Moses was born a male child at a time when Pharaoh was uh, killing all the male children. And so his mother uh, placed him in a sealed basket, put him in the river, and he was pulled out of the river by Pharaoh's very own daughter. And he was 
raised as an adopted child in the royal family. Now, his mother had raised him for the first six years of his life, his birth mother. And so she told him all about their people, the Hebrews. She told him all about how they had come to Egypt during the drought, but they had stayed there and became slaves. They stayed there out of fear of going back. And so Moses, when he was an adult, found himself out wandering around the the realm And he saw an Egyptian mistreating a Hebrew slave. And this angered him, and he killed this man. And the next day, he sees a couple of uh, Hebrew men, and they're fighting with each other. And do you think that they would be thankful to Moses for saving? No. They sit there, and they go, why do you get on to us for fighting each other when you killed someone yesterday? And so Moses was afraid. He was afraid of his own anger. He was afraid of failing his people, both sets. He was afraid of the repercussions of his actions. And so he ran away. He ran away to the wilderness. And he stayed there for a long time. Now, here's the thing about the wilderness that we find ourselves in. God is graceful, filled with grace. God is with us. God loves us. And because of all of these things, God tends to not leave us in the wilderness. And so in uh, Exodus 3 and 4, there's a conversation between God and Moses about going back to Egypt to bring the children of Israel out of it into a, a promised land. And Here is these words. The Lord said to Moses, come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said, oh, my Lord, please send someone else. Have you ever expressed that plaintive please to God? It's okay. Even Jesus did that. If you remember the rest of the story, God continued to call Moses out of his comfort zone time and time and time again. And God showed Moses that he was not alone in this journey time and time and time again. I identify a great deal with Moses. You see, um, he was this time where he was in the desert. He had brought the, the children of Israel, the Hebrews, out of their bondage in Egypt and they could not stop complaining. And he was frustrated. I, I really identify with that part of Moses' life. Here are these people that he is trying to save. They're complaining daily. They are losing faith in his leadership. They want to go back to slavery rather than trudging on to the promised land. And, you know, I get that. In other words, they're kind of typical church folk, right? So here we have this story, and it's in the Bible, and we've dealt with this. We've dealt with this fear of failure, so it's done, right? Nope. This story is repeated time and time and time again in the Bible. It's repeated time and time and time again in humanity, in the scope of humanity and human history. So... Here again, we have after the death of Joseph, Moses, the 
children of Israel who are still in the wilderness. They have not come to the promised land yet because you see, they decided that they, they got right there, almost there. And they sent these 12 spies or scouts into the land to check it out. And these scouts came back and 10 of them reported, you know, these people are huge. We look like insects next to them. I think one of them's name was Shaquille, right? And so there is no way we can ever, ever defeat them. There's no way we can come in. They will, they will treat us worse than the Egyptians ever did. We shouldn't have made this journey. But two of them, Joshua and Caleb, said, you know, this is where God has been leading us all this time. This is where God is calling us to go. And if God is calling us to go there, God will be with us. And so, of course, they all said, yes, God is with us and marched in. No, that's not what happened. They stayed in the wilderness until that generation had passed. Because they were afraid of all of these things, this fear of failure and going in, moving into the land. They were afraid of, of these giants, what would happen. They finally get to the brink of everything that they had been working for and they froze. And so here in... Um, in, the, in Joshua, it says that after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. What a promise to hold on to. What encouraging words. And, and at that point in time, they were ready. They were ready to follow God's leading where God was directing them to go. Now, a failure is a huge reason why many people do not do what they dreamed of when they were young. They, they dream of these things. But there's so many reasons why perhaps it might not work out right. And so as we age, we learn to kind of hide these things. And then we get to the end of our lives. And that's when we look at the fear of insignificance. I never, I never did those things. What if I had? Fear of self is as old as time. It isn't new for you or this generation, but Fearing failure so much it keeps you from trying also keeps you from succeeding. In uh, the book Becoming by Michelle Obama, she wrote, Failure is a feeling long before it is an actual result. I'm going to read that one more time. Failure is a feeling long before it is an actual result. Our fear of failure starts with our thinking that we are failures, that we are going to fail. And so how can we overcome this? How can we address this? First of all, if we um, face our fears with faith, 
then we will know that there are plenty of verses in the Bible to assure us of God's love for us, that assure us that God is with us, that God's spirit is leading us. Plenty of verses. Um, But even if we do mess up, even if we fail, even if we don't quite get to where we think we are supposed to be going, there's also lots of places where this grace and forgiveness is expressed as well. We are never apart from the love of God. Now, what if we look at our fears in light of facts? We often don't take our fears to that next step with the what if questions. What is the worst thing that can happen if I try something and fail? I mean, be honest about the risk and consequences. And I'm sure there's going to be a few. Nothing worth trying doesn't come without risks and consequences. You might also start by looking at what is the likelihood of failure? If you are prepared, if you have readied yourself for this, what is really the likelihood of failure? And much like the the children of Israel who stopped just short of that goal, that fear of failure kept them from going, but they had been preparing for this their entire lives. So what is it? What is the real risk uh, of failure? And what is the likelihood of you actually failing? Then look at um, what is the likelihood of success? What are the uh, rewards of success? What is it that you will achieve by trying something um, in this? And, And look at all of these things. Because, you know, a lot of times we're afraid of something, but when we really look at it, what's the worst thing that can happen? We realize that the worst thing that can happen is probably not as big as what we imagine it without naming it. And so as we are examining our fears in light of our faith, I am going to also lift up the words of Hockey Hall of Famer Wayne Gretzky, who said, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. We fail when we don't even try. We have plenty of um, quotes out there from people who are successful people that tell you that failure is simply part of the process. In fact, failure is the road to success. Trying something and trying something different, doing something new, and um, you know, building on those lessons that you learn along the way. That's what gets you to success. But when we are so frozen in fear of failing that we don't ever try anything, then we never succeed. The other thing is to attack our anxieties with actions. So when we worry about getting to the end of our lives and feeling like we've never made any difference, which by the way, a million pastors will say that this is one of their fears. When we fear insignificance, meaningless, this is often what has been termed as holy discontent. It's often these feelings, these fears that are actually driving us to step out in faith and do something, something that perhaps we were afraid to do before. We realize that it is a a time of being motivated to make a difference, to do something that we feel called to do. It is a time that we are being moved into action. And that's okay. 
all of these fears, just recognize them and name them. Now, in my life, I have had several people tell me that I wasn't smart, that I probably shouldn't even attempt to go to college. I should take another path in career because I was not smart enough to go to college. And I thank these people because I think because of them, today I have a doctorate. Because I spent all of this time in school proving to them and myself that I could. And for me, that fear of failure was one of those things that kind of came along with it. Would I fail? Maybe. Would what I learned in the process be worth it? Yes. The worst thing that would happen if I had failed, I just wouldn't get a degree. So a lot of these things that we don't try, we don't address in our understanding of what's the worst thing that could happen. Ashton Kutcher said, every time you fear your own ignorance, you are limiting your potential to learn. You see, there's a lot of fear quotes out there because it is a part of every human life. When have you feared something in yourself? Something that you should be doing? Your capacity for learning like I did maybe? Now, releasing your fears to God is this knowing that win, lose, or draw, God does and will always love you. That God is always with you. And many times we place all of our fears of failure on uh, disappointing others, insignificance, loneliness. We place these squarely in the lap of God. And this is because people tell us time and time again and use God to even bully us of who we are, what we can do, what we are capable of. But we should never fear that God will not love us because God is love. It is not possible for God not to love us. We need to separate what others tell us about ourselves and often use God to bully us. We need to realize that the key component of God is love and perfect love casts out fear. So if fear is a failure uh, that grips you and keeps you from trying new things, If fear of disappointing others keeps you from stepping out and being yourself, if fear of insignificance makes you feel like a failure before you even begin, if your fear of loneliness keeps you from making real and deep connections with others, then here's the word for you today. I recommend to you, you, like I told the kids, memorizing 2 Timothy 1.7. It says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and of a sound mind. Keep that. Memorize it. Put it on a sticky note on your mirror, or on your fridge, or wherever you might see it. You are called by God, but our fear of selves keeps us from living into that God, so living into that calling. So I am encouraging you today to go forward, unafraid, into the future, living with courage and hope in these uncertain times. And God goes with us. As you go forth today, 
Go forth in grace and peace, living unafraid with courage and hope in these uncertain times, and know that God goes with you. Amen.